Hey y'all, welcome to Truth's Table, midwives of culture for grace and truth. I'm McKemini. And I'm Christina. This table is built by black women and for black women. So welcome to the table, see how you doing, girl? Well, I, you know, let me tell you what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to wear to church uh, this weekend. Come on. So no, it is Resurrection Sunday coming up and literally woke up thinking about what color am I going to wear? I, I know that I really should wake up thinking like, let's praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for what you have done. But I kid you not. I was like, ooh, is it going to be purple? Is it going to be pink? Is it going to be yellow? So anyway, oh I did, that's, that's just real talk, real talk for you today. And that's and I think hilarious. there's going to be sunlight here because last week there was snow for real. So oh, I, yeah, you had snow. I'm going to need some sunlight. And how about you? What's happening in, in your world? Wait, so what's the color scheme you landed on? Purple? I don't know. I don't. Oh, you don't know. know? I Girl, send me some pictures, child. I, look, and, look, and you know I will. I will be like, okay, I'm laying the items I'm out. Help you. <laughs> because I'm it, help it you. takes a village to dress me for Easter. Come it's on, somebody. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I'm good. You know, I. Uh, Gosh, you're right. Now you got me thinking about resurrection. So I'm like, hello. Let you know how much a heathen I am. Like, wait a minute. No, um, <laughs> but I'm like, what am I gonna wear? So, so, so I purposed in my heart that I was gonna stay where I'm at because you know Easter Sunday is big mm-hmm. for me, and I'm like, if I don't hear my specific songs at church, then it ain't Easter. Oh so I was oh like, my. I gotta go here. So I've decided not to go to my sister's house because I was like, I know at my church I'm gonna hear the songs I need to hear on Resurrection Sunday. <laughs> so, <laughs> Cause you know, I'm like a 65 year old church woman right. in my spirit. So, uh, so, you know, so anyway, this is, this is my way. So no, but I'm good. I'm good. You know, uh, I'm excited about resurrection Sunday. Uh, I'm excited that the sun is shining where I'm at. Um, mm-hmm. and so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just humming, you know, Roy Ayers is, you know, everybody loves the sunshine. That's, that's, that's the song in my spirit today. Well, <laughs> walk, in, walk in the light. There you go. Yeah. You can Walk that in the light, the beautiful light. That's so, right. um, now see where where's Michelle at? Where 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 Carmen San Diego girl? <laughs> Carmen San Diego is in is, is in St. Louis doing her work and busy as always trying to um being 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 light and salt in a in that place as we're all called to do. So uh, but we are not without a third. You know that at this table. We are not. We are not, we are not without a third, y'all. We never leave y'all without. Um, and we have the honor. Now y'all know we've been in our UOK sis series. Um and it's been heavy, right? We went from medical apartheid to infertility and infant loss to uh um a black midwives talking about the uh the maternal and in black I'm sorry the black maternal um and black infant maternal mortality rates and we yeah. talked about massage noir i mean we talked about all the things a lot of the things right a lot of the things as you, you know, know we know how optimistic we are as a as a as a group you know we're very optimistic. well but you know we're very real and well hopefully hey, you know so hey, hello you know we talk about white supremacy we do all those things you know but we, it's been a heavy series you know and so we thought it would be great to to um to wrap up the series um in a way that helps to empower us right to take our health into our hands so to speak if you can right um and so uh so we have the honor of actually having Anawa Aja at the table with us Anawa how you doing girl hello ladies i'm doing well how is everyone girl we good we are good i'm ready to learn i'm ready to learn learn. (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. So y'all, the title of this episode, which I just love so much, yes. is Anawa Aja Fix Our Fitness Lives. Yes. Help us get our lives together, yes. Anawa. Help us. Help us. <laughs> um, now, now, just in case y'all don't know who Anawa Aja is, why don't I tell y'all a little something Come about on. this system? Come on. Okay. So Anawa Aja is the first nationally recognized 200-pound curvy fit master trainer and group instructor. Along with her groundbreaking accomplishments in the health and wellness realm, she is also the creator of a successful line of workout DVDs catered to women of all shapes and sizes, professional influencer, entrepreneur, and mother of twins, and now has solidified herself as an inspiration to millions around the world. And now his transparency and relentless effort to motivate and encourage women all over the world has helped her generate a following of over 2 million men and women. Today, Aja continues to advocate self-love, acceptance, and optimal health. And now is also a well-respected motivational speaker who continues to encourage her audience to overcome adversity and pursue their dreams. Mm. And now his company, Anawa Aja Works, formerly known as Powerhouse Physiques, has expanded to include online training programs, fitness challenges, hosting, and more. And now is working on a book and a national campaign towards improving positive self-esteem, body perception, and health among teens and college-bound girls. Welcome to the table, Anawa. We are honored to have you here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. So, man, see, you got it. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna tell you the whole truth for now. This is gonna be uh, Christina's most honest show because people who listen, they know that I have a deep love for marshmallows. Um, and uh, <laughs> since my <laughs> since my second child, who honestly is not very young now, she's got some good age on. Her. <laughs> I've, been, I've been using her as an excuse for all things r r wrong with my body and my lack of motivation. I'm like, oh, it was that baby, you know, and she is like, you know, she speaks the King James English at this point. She's old. OK, um, <laughs> but um, so so that's been a bit of my journey as a person who's like exercise avoiding, but who's like, Christina, stop playing. You need to go ahead and get it together. Um, and so I, I spent some time reading a little bit of your story and I wondered if you could share with our listeners about your story and how you kind of got on this path of being mm -hmm. an exercise advocate. Well, um, just basically going back, I ain't gonna go too back, but um, you know, mm -hmm. I got into fitness um, from my mom. My mom was a gym rat. She was a former track and field athlete. Uh, mm -hmm. So it quite naturally became very organic in our household to get up, work out. I mean, she walked every single day. Um, and her and my father were responsible for us every Saturday morning getting involved in athletics. So we all became very successful, well-accomplished athletes. You know, I completed in sports and everything else. I guess the turn for me is, is during that time, I can say I felt like an anomaly. Like I felt very different from everybody else. You know, I was, yeah. I was tall. I was, you know, brown skin, you know, and I was a thick girl. And at that time, there weren't many women that looked like me, that I could look up to, that mm -hmm. I could turn on the TV to watch. You know, they sort of had mm -hmm. their stereotypical type of, of women and they were sort of classified as this is the go-to. This is who you are supposed to be reaching and striving to become. And so that was sort of discouraging, but I think the pinnacle, the pinnacle moment in my life, the pivotal, 
moment in my life was third grade. I talk about this story. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like I talk about this moment, which I'm going to mention in my book, <laughs> but we're going to go back. Right. To come on. All right. Come on. All right now. <laughs> you know, I was sitting in my nurse's office. We all had to get physicals, everybody in my classroom. And I stepped on the scale and the nurse looked at my number at the time and then looked at the scale and she was like, you know, you're considered obese. Mm-hmm. You know, comparing, if you look at this chart, you look at your height. And at the time, like I said, I was a very, I developed quick. So I was like five, I think I was five, three at the time, five, three, five, mm-hmm. four in the third grade. And I was over a hundred pounds. And so she was like, okay, according to this chart and how the scale moves, I guess you are obese, you are overweight. And that was the first time I had even been privy to that. I didn't know anything about that. You know what I mean? I'm like, I thought I was pretty fine. I knew that there weren't a lot of girls that looked like me, but I, you know, I had just sort of tried to come to terms with the way I look. But for somebody at that moment, an adult woman, you know, to tell me that I was overweight, you know, that sort of becomes like, okay, that's what it is. And Mm. I had that really exacerbated like the issues that I had with just self-esteem acceptance. Mm. And I felt at that time, the only place that I sort of felt normal was in sports. You know, I was involved in basketball. So there were other tall girls, you know, had similar shapes. I did track and field. Um, So that became it, but that was like a constant, you know, outside of sports, I just sort of felt awkward. <laughs> I just, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, I had a great personality, I was bubbly. I had a, you know, it's energetic, everything else, but I always felt alone. I always felt like mm. different. I didn't have a lot of people to compare myself to. And I struggled with that. And so I went to college, I competed, I, you know, and then afterwards I just, you know, said, you know, I had a lot of success with that. Um, was developing like just a great relationship with the community and everything else. And I just said, you know what? I've always wanted to get into entertainment. You know, I have, I'm familiar with fitness. Maybe I can do this fitness thing Um, at the time. Ah, like I said, there weren't a lot of examples. I think my example became Serena Williams. Mm -hmm. So I followed her because I said, Oh, okay. She looks a lot like me. Mm -hmm. So that was like one person that I felt that I could compare myself to. I submitted, you know, I said, I'm going to try fitness modeling, everything else. You know, I'm in shape. Obviously I'm an athlete, everything else. I sent my information. I sent my portfolio over. I met with some agents and they were just like, you're not the right look. You're, you know, Mm -hmm. you're, you need to lose weight. Basically you need to lose weight. And I'm just like, well, I'm an athlete. If you one athlete, I'm in shape. This, that, and third. Once again, it was the hmm. overweight thing. And, and I just started to feel like I was crazy. I said, okay, I know that I'm over 200 pounds. I know I'm tall. I know I'm curvy, but I'm in shape. Like, I'm in shape. I, you know, I have, you know, abs. I mean, I don't understand. And I tried. And this is my moment. I always tell people, I'm just, I feel like you will hit a lot of roadblocks in life. Mm-hmm. When you try to acclimate with the masses, when you are not true to who you are, that's right. You are not sincere with your intentions. 
you will reach a lot of roadblocks because you are not truly being who you are. And I just feel like nothing mm-hmm. that you ask for will be granted. You are not that person that you're supposed to be. And mm-hmm. I was trying to, I said, oh, let me try to do videos. Let me try to, you know, I tried to lose weight at a point. Then I tried to gain weight. I stopped working out so I could be softer. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, if I'm a little softer, I'm not as muscular, you know, not as toned. Maybe I could fit in, but I was tall. It was roadblock at the roadblock. And I finally was like, you know, I'm, I'm fed up with this. And at that mm-hmm. time, YouTube became that thing. YouTube, mm-hmm. MySpace, and everything else. And I said, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to show people that you can be in shape, be curvy, and be over 200 pounds. I had no idea at that moment that I was even onto something at the time. That's over a decade ago. And I sort of just put out this video. I'm doing all the, you know, um, because I was always very flexible. I was always very strong um, from just athletics and, you know, my obsession with Chinese gymnasts. That's another story. Because I was like, you know, and like, you know, they told me in fourth grade, they were like, you're too tall. It's not going to happen. And I was just like, oh, okay. So I went and, you know, read it out a book and taught myself all that stuff. But that's another story. Mm, there you and go. <laughs> so at that time, I just put out the videos on YouTube. I didn't think twice about it. I was like, look, this is how, you know, you can't be in shape. You can't be curvy. And, and I decided at that moment, because I was getting, I would get the irony of that is that I would get a lot of compliments about my shape. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have that confidence, that foundation You know, people talk Mm -hmm. about the foundation, the foundation of where you come from. It is so, Mm -hmm. it aligns with your current. It aligns with your movements and everything that you do. People don't really realize that they, Mm -hmm. you know, they think, okay, they think about the now, but a lot of the issues and a lot of the things that seem to keep on resurfacing come a lot of times from your roots and the foundation of which you came from. And Mm -hmm. I realized, even though I was getting these compliments, I didn't feel that confidence because I always felt different. I had been told no a lot of times. I've been told that you're not the right look. This is not what, you know, we're supposed to be. This is not fitness. This is not fitness is this. You're not this. So you're not fitness. So honestly, I had to really dig deep within myself to say, you know what? I don't care what anybody has to say. I believe that this is I'm in shape. This is healthy. And, 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 and there needs to be more women like this. I'm going to just go out and do my own thing. And I walk my own path. And I put out that mm-hmm. video. I didn't even think twice about it. I just put it out there and it went viral. It wow. was like amazing. Mm-hmm. Like there were people like, oh my gosh, she defies science. It was just asinine to a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, the headline was she defies science. I will never forget that. It was on media takeout. That was the craziest thing. I was like, defies science. But Right. <laughs> That's just how rare hmm. it was at the time to yeah. see a black woman, mm-hmm. a sister, say, with curves, who's in shape, to say, I stepped on the scale. I'm over 200 pounds. I'm in mm-hmm. shape. Mm-hmm. You know, we're here. And it was unheard of. It was unheard of. And I think it just drew, it spoke for so many people, which I didn't realize. And sometimes like we're on these missions and we're doing these things and it was so genuine. I wasn't even looking for that. You understand me? I wasn't even looking for that kind of attention, that kind of, I just want to put it out there because I was just getting frustrated. 
about it. I want I wanted people to know it was like I was sort of screaming out like ah you know you know I'm tired of people saying no this we are here like I am beautiful I am curvy I am in shape like and at that moment when it happened you know of course there were critics like ah you know I don't know how she and you know and then it became a really um, hot topic because it was like okay she's an athlete she she looks in shape she doesn't even look her weight. So mm-hmm. maybe this is a, is a discussion we need to have. And I got thousands of emails and that's mm-hmm. what hit me the most of women who were mm-hmm. thanking me. I mean, thank you so much. I thought I was crazy for so many years. My doctor told me I was overweight, my blood pressure, everything is fine. I, I don't get it. Like you now, yeah. now you, I became this space, this figure mm-hmm. for so many women that had been told that they were not accepted, right. that they were not healthy, that they were not fit. And a lot of those women were black women. Absolutely. Yes. And now, I, honestly, I'm still I'm yeah. still stuck at an earlier part of your story. Um, I've been listening to you the whole time, taking it all in. <laughs> but I, I think I'm still stuck as somebody who has uh, has a child who's elementary school age. I think I'm still stuck at you on the scale and a medical right. provider looking at a child and saying to a mm-hmm. child, you are you are obese. And like that for me, that just pressed pause. And I'm thinking about what you have done since that time to push back on the damage of those types of statements. I mean, I'm listening to your story of just great resiliency and this kind of um, almost like this bold self-love, not not a self, um, not an arrogance by any means, but it's like a bold self-appreciation of like, no, I know I'm not crazy. Like I'm fit and I may not look the way that that person looks as they are being fit, but I am, I've been, this is what my fit looks like. And there is room for it and there's space for it and there's value for it. Um, h- how did you get, because those types of moments and people's childhoods and experiences, they, people get stuck. Like they, they live in the moments. Okay. Um, and, and they echo mm-hmm. through their identity, even as an adult. I'm curious about what shaped this personality that you have that created the type of resiliency where you say back to that statement, um, nope, no, thank you. <laughs> like, how did, how did you get that type of grit? You know what? I'm going to tell you, I, it sounds crazy, but that foundation came from my family, my parents. My mm-hmm. parents came here with nothing. You know what I mean? And they were just trying to make something out of nothing. Like, I know that sounds like, okay, well, how does it correlate? Well, just in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, my, my, my parents were very strong people. And, you know, I had no choice in the matter of to keep on going. You understand me? Like I, I didn't, I wouldn't, I was not afforded the time to sit back and wallow in my misery. You know, it was sort of like, right. you, you got to keep on going. But the problem is, is like, yeah, you keep on going. So I, would, I was functioning and everything else. But there were moments that I now realized today that I was tackling depression. Mm-hmm. I think at that mm-hmm. moment, I started to probably develop symptoms of depression. You know, I, mm-hmm. you know, I really was, you know, I, I remember I did this crash diet. I locked myself in a room and I ate carrots and water, wow. baby carrots and water oh, wow. to lose weight. 
you know, I I had moments I was just very emotional. I, I had moments of depression. I didn't realize that at that moment. Um, right. But I also think that what helped me was my outlets. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think what primarily, and I'm going to say saved my life. I'm going to say that because, mm-hmm. you know, we can easily get distracted. People don't understand that sometimes extracurricular activities, you know, instruments, sports, writing, whatever it is, art is, is so healthy. It's so promising for so many kids. And that gave me something else to focus on aside from the fact that I was not being accepted. I tackled internally with self-esteem and, and, and depression, but I had this outlet of sports, which afforded me, gave me the opportunity to thrive and be great at something. Because Mm. on the other hand, I, you know, I wasn't enough. I wasn't okay. I wasn't Mm -hmm. great. But I had this place, this safe place, where I could be all those things. And it helped leverage the imbalance, Mm -hmm. the consistency of society, I could say. You know, who never thinks, I mean, now we could say that's sort of unacceptable. And she probably just thought she was just doing her job at the time. She's just like, okay, you're obese. She's just reading off a chart. But she Mm. completely damaged, you know, you know, devastated me, you know. And now I think at this, I think at this current time, we are so much more aware of those moments, but I think it's because of the outlet that I had with sports and my parents kept us busy. You know, Mm -hmm. they kept us busy, which is, you know, which I will just sidebar say it is so important, you know, Mm -hmm. with kids to keep them involved in something. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. sports. It doesn't have to be something that they really enjoy and really like. You have no idea the demons or the outside factors that can try to destroy them or distract them from their purpose. So that's what did it for me. That's good. That's good. Talking about the outlets and, um, of course, talking about keeping the kids busy. I think there's so much of your story that... Um, I think will finds where I find resonance, and I think a lot of our sisters will also find resonance just about your resilience and um, and just the hyper invisibility and and hyper visibility, right? That we experience as Black women, um, especially if we're in spaces where we are the minority, right? Or or maybe we're we're one of a couple, right? And then we're we have different physiques, we have different shapes, you know, and that. Uh, and which can lock us out, right, of um, certain places that we should be in because of European standards um, that you you've kind of raised and stuff. And so, uh, so there's so much of but your story I want to delve into. But your res- on the topic of your resilience, you know, I read um, about your story, and I actually heard uh, your story too on um, a friend of our show, um, Amina's uh, podcast. Oh, Her yes. and you, yes, she's a home girl. She's like legit, like my home girl, um, and a friend of the table. And, uh, you shared about your story about, uh, dias, no, you can correct me if I'm saying this wrong. Um, diastasis recti. Um, and I want, I want you to talk to our, cause you bounce back from that. And I would love for you to explain what that is and correct my pronunciation if I said it wrong. Um, 
and, and just talk about your own experience uh, with that when you were pregnant with your own twins and how you recovered um, from that and how you're helping other sisters recover from it as well. That is so important. I'm glad that you brought that up. Diastasis mm-hmm. recti is completely devastating for a lot of women. And it has not been discussed until, I think when I discussed it almost 10 years ago, people had never even, I wouldn't, oh, I wouldn't even say 10 years ago, I'm sorry. Um, almost seven years ago, because my kids were seven. Mm-hmm. People had not even heard of it. But they were experiencing this condition. Now, diastasis recti is permanent abdominal separation. Mm-hmm. Which usually mm-hmm. is the result of carrying a large, a big, a big baby, a large child, back to back pregnancies, meaning you know, like mm-hmm. you're pregnant right, you know, right after the other, and carrying mm-hmm. multiples. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just basically your, you know, your your muscles are stressed to capacity, and then they just tear, but they never repair themselves. And they never repair itself. And, you know, the issue that I have with that, which I'm going to get into it about it, but the issue that I have with that is that this is a real condition. Mm-hmm. And a lot mm-hmm. of the times what results from diastasis is hernia. I ended up having an umbilical hernia because that area is just weak. It's weak. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, nothing is really being supported there, which a lot of people develop lower back issues and, it's a, a, a realm of other issues, but a lot of it goes hand in hand with like, you know, umbilical and genial hernias and, you know, back issues and just overall um, self-esteem issues. Because with diastasis recti, I mean, you will, even after pregnancy, look like you're, you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I was unfamiliar with it. Um, I had my, my twins... And I remember my mother who, you know, straight from the motherland was like, wrap your stomach up. So, yes, girl. They yes, that people, yeah. up life. You yeah. know this. <laughs> so I binded myself. I did. I wrapped myself up, everything else. And, you know, I was coming down and I just looked and it was not going anywhere. And I just said, what is going on? Like, I'm a top mm-hmm. athlete. What's the issue? Mm-hmm. And so I just did my own research and I realized that that was the issue. Then I had it confirmed by two other uh, medical professionals. And um, Mm -hmm. they were like, yeah, this is it. You can only get surgery. This is that. And, you know, of course, after having a C-section, that was like, I'm like, surgery? The problem that I have with this is that I just feel like a lot of these things are, I ain't going to get too deep, or like money schemes. I just say, I'm like, you know, while you're in there, why can't you just sew it right back together? Like, I don't understand, you know, muscles are torn. This is an issue. Muscles have been torn. Just as, you know, when the C-section, you sew it right back up. Why can't you just sew the abs back together? So, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, and that's just another topic, you know, because even with it, they uh, tell you that you can only get it medically repaired, which is for permanent, for a permanent recovery meaning that it, it, you know, goes away. Yes, that is primarily the only way that you can fix it completely. Mm. What you can do, which I ended up doing through a lot of trial and error, 
I, I did my research and I just started to experiment on a lot of the approaches to try to improve the condition. And, you know, I saw that you can improve the condition. You can do it. Mm. But I had to, and I recommend for, for other women, a lot of women end up having hernia, hernias from this. Mm. And so their biggest thing is like, okay, you know, can I help, you know, can I still um, improve my diastasis recti with a hernia? And the answer is no. Because, mm. you know, with a hernia, you know, like they say, you know, your vital organ, everything is sort of pushed forward. And so it actually makes the condition 10 times worse. So I recommend that you go to, a, you know, you get that repaired first. But I also recommend mm. that if it's not necessary, don't do it. Mine was the size of a baseball started giving me problems. So I had to get it repaired. But I did through trial and error, I started to work on exercise. So once I got my hernia repaired, then I legitimately was able to tackle it because it was sort of in the way. Mm-hmm. And so I just started to work on different approaches. Um, I know that there was whole this anti don't wrap your stomach. I mean, I know the whole waist training thing is a no go, but just even wrapping the stomach, you know, there's this whole snapback uh, phenomenon and everybody just feels like they're supposed to look a certain kind of way. It's just very discouraging for so many women. And I had to let women know, like, look, I did not snap back. I had diastasis. Mm. My stomach, my muscles completely tore apart. And now I've been able to inform a large group of women that didn't even know about the condition. And I just went through trial and error. My sons are now going to be seven this year, but that was years of practice. That was years of, okay, this is not working. This let's try this approach. And that's how I was able to work towards a program that helped to improve the condition, my diastasis recovery program, which helps to improve the condition. Now with anything, you know, I don't want to discourage anything, but it's almost like, wait, it's something that you have constantly have to work on. Mm-hmm. It's not going to mm-hmm. like, if you want just a permanent, you know, fix, then, you know, they always tell you the tummy tuck is away. But it's the same thing as a lifestyle. You know, that's something you mm-hmm. have to constantly mm-hmm. work on. So even if you improve it, you can't just be like, okay, I can go back to my normal habits or I can do whatever I want. No, this is something that you have to constantly, uh, it's almost like a maintenance. You have to keep it up. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to do the, the breathing exercises. You have to do some of the core work just to keep make sure that it's stabilized and strong and, you know, and, and that's it. But I don't want people to ever feel discouraged with the DR. The issue is, is that there are some conditions that are worse than others, you know, um, but I want women because a doctor, a lot of these doctors are just going to put you on the table. You know, that's just what it is. Yeah. And I just get frustrated with that. That's why a lot of my approaches have now been more holistic with things, because I just realized that this is some things you medically have to go get taken care of. And I'm totally not against women that feel like I've done everything I could do. I'm going to get my tummy tuck. Do you, queen? Whatever works for you. But what I'm yep, yep. what I'm saying to you is that there's a huge amount of risk on going under the table. At least get every benefit yes, yeah. or try everything that you can or every approach that you can to rectify the situation. And if it doesn't work out and you feel that this is your last resort, then do it. Because let's be clear, you do a tummy tuck with some young kids, you're gonna have major issues because you really mm-hmm. are not mobile, you really can't really do too many things and you need a lot of help. So I 
you know, the DR program was just a safe haven for people too, because I mean, a lot of women can't afford the money. A lot of women don't want to go under the right. knife and they just want to know that there's a happy place at the end of the medium. Cause it can be very discouraging. It's very discouraging to go, especially if you're not used to your body looking a certain way. And I think that overall yeah. with having a child or just child, but that's what it does. Sometimes that's where the postpartum comes in. It's a realization for a lot of women that, your body may never look the same. Mm -hmm. And and that's a hard pill to swallow. You have such a blessing and on one hand, and then you have this issue. And sometimes it's guilt because you, you don't want to seem mm -hmm. selfish. You don't want to seem like, oh, I'm not grateful for my child. I'm not grateful for the blessing. I help, you know, right. you know what I mean? And so you go into this yeah. down spot. It's okay to feel discouraged. It's okay to feel upset about it. It's all right. And I think that persists so many times. We just so like, you got this. It's okay. You know, don't worry about it. You're strong. You're strong. And and we get caught up and wrapped up in this and we're not allowed to have those moments. We're not allowed to have those moments. Yeah. And we end up crashing and burning. You know, sister, you know, what what do they say that show says, you know, F it, I got it. You remember black woman. I know right, that right. is become <laughs> Are the the signature theme across all <laughs> shades and tones of black sisters everywhere. It's true. The problem is we don't got no. it. Like, <laughs> you okay, sis? We are not okay. Yeah, <laughs> we are not okay. We are not super women. Like you know, we are strong, yes, but we are human, right? right. Um, and so I think I think what's so beautiful about your story and now and, and just you as a person is that you embody. Um, this reality for black women, right? Um, I, I talked about the hyper visibility and visibility earlier a little bit and, and just talking about uh, just even your own struggles with uh, diastase uh, recti um, and, and your transparency creates uh, a safe space um, or even a brave space for black women to say me too. Yes. Right. Cause part of the issue is that we just got to say, Oh, I'm not the only one that had this, this experience. I'm not the only one that did not snap back after having children. Um, I'm not the only one that's maybe struggling with my weight or I'm not the only one that was told that, Ooh, I'm too curvy, you know? And so therefore I am deemed, you know, not worthy, uh, not beautiful, whatever. Right. Um, and so I'm wondering from you, from you, what does it feel like to be, to know that you, you because you stepped out, right. And you created that YouTube video, not knowing that it was going to blow up. Um, how does it feel to know that you are the one, the architect, if you will, of the curvy fit movement? Um, it's you that actually started this, this movement. How does it feel to know that you've, you started um, this, this movement and, 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 and this space for black women to have representation? Because me as a person, I, I do go to the gym. I do work out quite a bit. Um, but the YouTube videos, you know, you, you see white girls, you know, and, and I have a thin build, but I'm still like, y'all ain't my body goals. And now with my body goals. And so how does it feel to know that you have created this movement where black women can actually look to you and know that they have a representative? How does that feel? Gratitude. My blessed. I feel mm -hmm. blessed. Because I almost, I, you know, I don't want to consider myself like the martyr, but I always felt like mm -hmm. I went through a lot. You know, we go through these challenges and adversity when we're trying to find our voice sometimes. And there was nobody. And I think this this should be encouraging for a lot of women. You know, there was nobody at the time saying the same things that I was saying. It didn't mean it was wrong. Mm -hmm. 
And this is where you, you, you really have to dig deep and, and know your purpose. Because I remember at that moment when I was doing it, I just didn't, was like, there was no or else. There was no plan B for me. Like, I just felt like this was what I was supposed to do. Like, I was supposed to share this moment. Right. And I, I was just supposed to do this. Like, I just, I mean, people were looking at me like I was crazy. And I think that so many times that, you know, and, and to be in a position where because I didn't give up, because I didn't think I was crazy, because I didn't succumb to society standards, I've been able or given the ability or blessed with the ability to help and save so many women from that dark Mm -hmm. ideology Mm -hmm. of what we're supposed to Mm -hmm. be within the minds of skewed perceptions, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just, I feel blessed. Like you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing until you do Mm -hmm. it. I didn't realize what I was doing at that time. I, I, you know, I just knew that I I felt like this is what I'm supposed to do. You hear people Mm -hmm. say that too. And now I'm become those people. Like, it's like, oh, I, I am those people. Yeah, that was me because, and it, I remember, and, and they always tell you, you know, it's going to be a whole bunch of people telling you can't do it. That's exactly what happened. Right. A whole bunch of people like, girl, you know, I don't know, you know, ain't nobody else doing the fitness thing, girl. Maybe you should just, you know, lose weight or maybe this isn't for mm-hmm. you or maybe you should, you know, you, mm-hmm. you went to school for PR. I don't want to say why you don't, you know. It was all those things, but in my mind, and that's where, you know, the foundation is so important because I had the strength through prior circumstances. I mean, at a young age for somebody to tell you, you are not it, you are not enough, you are not acceptable. Mm -hmm. I had to develop a a layer of thick skin to be able to take on the level Oh God, I don't even want to get that deep. But mm-hmm. the level of, uh, I guess, unacceptance. I don't know, unacceptance, but just mm-hmm. the level deep, of just not being accepted. It's a deep, yeah, It's a deep. Mm-hmm. That's it. The perfect. I love it. Yeah. That rejection is so mm-hmm. key in our communities. People don't understand mm-hmm. that we are rejected. Yeah. We are rejected. Often, that often, often, and that's how we become yeah. these fighters. It's just like, why is she so angry? Because we're tired. We're so Come on, somebody. What you make me angry? <laughs> we're tired. You know what I mean? We're tired of fighting. I'm tired of explaining mm-hmm. myself. I'm tired of you getting, you know, and that's how I sort of felt like, no, I am in shit. Like, you're explaining yourself. You're trying to be validated. That's another key in our community is to be validated. A lot of times when you see people acting out or behaviors or doing, they're trying to be validated. Mm. They haven't been validated. They haven't been validated by those key figures in their life. They've been told that they're not accepted, that they're not Mm. right, that they're not enough. They just want to be validated. So I was able to become the person that validated a lot of our sisters. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the, to become what it is that you need, like to become what is needed. Um, yeah. Instead of just kind of um, becoming more of the negative 
rhetoric or rejection or becoming that negative tape that's in our heads, but to become what is needed and to offer that out to others. I mean, it's just, it's just a unique vocational calling and blessing and privilege to be able yeah. to do that, to embody that, to, to think about what it means to take one of our core hurts and for that core hurt yep. to become our catalyst or platform that allows us to speak into other people's world's life and joy and acceptance and affirmation. And I think, um, and when I, when I look at, when I look at your, um, your work an hour, I'm like, I'm, I am motivated. I'm like, I need to go and work out. And, and it's more than just go and work. It's more than just go and work out. It's, I need to be thankful for the, that I have a body. <laughs> like I, I need to be thankful that I am embodied. Yeah. Like I am a, I am a being with a body. And, um, one of the ways that I need to express gratitude to God is in how I steward this body that I have, how I talk about this body that I have, how I use this body that I have. Mm. Um, and, and even as I think about like maybe some of my, my trouble areas, you know, I've, when, when I was listening to you talk about kind of post-pregnancy, I think both my body and my mind have never been the same after I had <laughs> my last child. I'm like, I'm like, where am I exactly right now? Um, it's, it's, it's very, very humbling, you know? Um, and in, in every transition of our life, we are grieving something that we were and moving into something new, you know? And I think um, even what you've done mm -hmm. for us just now on this episode is really modeled that. And and I'm so glad you called out this, um, how people perceive it as anger. Why are they so angry? Yeah. People are exhausted. They're, they're, they're exasperated. They're tired. And because, you know, mm -hmm. particularly with black women, because we're so dehumanized, our people can't see that our anger is actually our hurt. Um, mm -hmm. People are in pain. People it's a soul are crime. in pain. It's a soul crime. <laughs> um, yeah, and you have to humanize people enough to be like, that's not, that's not just anger. They ain't just not lashing out at me. They are, they are hurt. Um, and don't have the space to say it. So one of my, so my, my trainer always, you know, she's like, I know y'all got goals in here. Y'all got goals. We're going to get y'all to y'all goals. And I'm always like, what are my goals? Do I have goals? Christina, do you have a goal? And, and honestly, my initial goals when I first started working out was go to this class, go to this class, <laughs> like go and work out <laughs> that my goal was showing up. And the more I've done it, I've, I think I've tried to develop more goals. One thing that I've noticed about my body is just how how weak my core is. And I, oh, I knew man. folks that talked about core language all the time. Like, you got to have a strong core. And I was like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Now I know enough to know <laughs> that I don't have a strong core. <laughs> I've been trying to, I've been trying to strengthen my core. I mean, I don't need to, you know, I don't need a whole lot. I don't need to be ripped. I don't need no, I don't need all the ab action. I just know that I need more strength, more muscle strength. Um, and so that's that's one of my particular kind of areas of that I'm trying to work on and grow in. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about yours. What are some of your your goals? Because you work out, you you for real. I do be up in that gym because white <laughs> supremacy is trying to kill us. And there you go. with the work that I'm in, I need to be in the gym or else I'll turn into a demon. And so, <laughs> so I be up in that gym and I do, I do have, so I'm going to be very honest in now. So this is confession time. So I had two goals in life. All right. Num goal number one was to be a soul trained dancer. Very important. I did not get to accomplish that goal because soul train got canceled by the time I moved to LA tears. And so, 
So that's one thing I did not accomplish. Second goal in life was to have a bigger booty, right? Because my mama and them, my mama and my sisters, they got the booty gene and I didn't get it. And so I'm like jealous. And so that's been like the goal of my life is to have a more popping booty. And so, so when I go to the gym, this is, this is an area that I'm wanting to expand, if you will. So, so my booty is my area. Christina, yours is your core. Yeah. And now a fix our fitness lives. Help us. Help, what, what do we need to do? How do I get a more popping booty? And how does Christina get a stronger core? What do we need to do? Okay. I think that is like the quintessential question for a lot of sisters. Like they're like that and arms. Arms seem to bother a lot of like, oh, fix these arms. Okay. So with the core, you are what you eat, right? Oh, oh Lord, now what? I know. I, I became that girl. I became that You knocking right on my door, walking down my street. I, I, I became that trainer. Well, you did. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm big on core. Everybody thinks that having ripped abs coincides mm. with having a strong core. That is not the case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The strong, the core, you have to work from the inside out. The core is everything, right? Your back, your, mm-hmm. you know, your back, your abdomens is that. And so mm-hmm. I always talk about strengthening exercises and I primarily think it's important to do the basics without even resistance. So really just test out your abilities. For example, like, can you hold your body in a plank for 30 seconds, Mm -hmm. 15 Mm -hmm. seconds? You know, can you lift your body weight? Can you, Mm -hmm. that, those kind of things. So I even think that sometimes what I love about yoga, um, as like just sort of the foundation is, is it sort of focuses on back, the sort of the the core element, the balance and the, the mental capacity, just sort of having everything work together all at once. So I think the number one thing that is very important is just building your strength, working mm-hmm. on the strength aspect of it. Because once you start to develop that core, then you can really sort of attack it the way that you need to attack it. So getting mm-hmm. right down to it is just working on strength, um, on strength and um, mm-hmm. building that aspect of your workout. So doing, you know, like I said, core push-ups, you know, doing things that don't require weight that work or just Mm -hmm. utilizing Mm -hmm. your own body weight per se, that is working from the inside out because that's how you sort of develop that strength, like as outside of just utilizing weight in conjunction with that, I think it's very important. What I like the most when I, when I talk about core, I, 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 I definitely, and I will be certified in yoga, but I just want to let everybody know. Um, But I am very big on that. I'm very Mm -hmm. big on Mm -hmm. utilizing BW, which is body weight exercises that just work primarily with building your strength without utilizing, you know, dumbbells or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Bands are even great. I'm just working that route to Mm -hmm. develop your strength. You know, Good. like people are like, oh, okay, I want to work on my lower body. I'm like, okay, well, can you do a squat? Mm-hmm. And some people struggle right, to right. do a squat. Why am I going to put you on weights? Why am I going to put you on a on a hack mm-hmm. machine or or have you do deadlifts or or have you do you know uh, Russian squats or even just squat jacks or anything like that? And you can't do a squat. Mm. The foundation. So it's more about functional movement. 
movements are things that you use, like utilize every day. Like you constantly utilizing your core. And people don't know that until they have to have a major surgery around their core. Like I did when I had my hernia, I didn't realize, oh my God, I can't even turn. I can't even do this. I can't even bend over. Wow. Your core is responsible mm. for all those movements. Hmm. Mm. And for you, booty girl. Yes. Yes. Me. That's me. <laughs> okay. First, I want to put it out there because nowadays in this era of uh, EL, Brazilian butt lift, and, uh, oh, you know, yeah. how it just sort of went all the way to the left. And I have nothing against the procedures. That's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. So I want to put it out there before, because I'm happy. Look, I had cosmetic surgery. You tried to down. No, I'm not trying to down talk <laughs> you. That is your choice. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying, I just, I want people to just be realistic in their goals and what they're reaching. Right, so right. my thing about it is, is if you're not genetically predisposed to have certain things, you will not have it. We can improve upon it, but you won't. But I think that with glutes, that people are talking about with glutes, they Mm -hmm. want to try to isolate a certain aspect of their body. So they just want to work on their glutes, but don't want to work on everything else. Ah, Glutes are the largest muscle in your body. I think it's very important Mm -hmm. that you're eating the proper meal. So people say they want to have gains. They want to, you know, have a bigger butt, per se. Like, let's just call it what it is. And the foods are off. So it's like, okay, you're going to do all these exercises, but you're not really building upon that actual area. So you want to make sure that you're eating the proper meals. So if you have an issue, I know some women, a lot of people come to me sometimes to just gain weight. So a lot of times we're working towards, you know, increasing sometimes their complex carbohydrate intake and, you know, doing particular exercises like squat. Everybody thinks squat is the queen of of, of, of butts. And, and that's just not it. Yeah. There's a ton of other yeah. exercises that you do. And I, I think with me, you know, I'm very big on just isolating the glutes and just working on that actual muscle. Like I'll have a day where I just do that in abs. So mm-hmm. right. I think right. primarily if you want to work on your glutes, if you want a big, um, you know, bigger glutes and stuff like that, you, you know, you, you got to push yourself a little bit. The weights got to get a little heavier. <laughs> The right. voice got to right. get a little heavier. Right. Um, those right. meals has to sustain that new weight. So you want to make sure that you're eating the proper meals. Um, and so I need to load up on fufu. Is that what you're telling me? Well, to load up on, well some yeah, fufu? yeah, the good kind. You know, like you know, <laughs> fufu is all fufu is good. But you know, we can, you know, we done made it out of the, the potatoes and, and everything else. You know. <laughs> There are levels, right? Too. Exactly. It's so good, but I'm saying like that might not go in the area where you want it to go. You know, <laughs> so I primarily you want to make sure that like the sweet potatoes, brown rice, quinoa. Like you want to make sure that you, you know, really even oatmeal, just something a little bit heavier carb, right. stuff like that, right. in conjunction with your glutes. So you also want to make sure that you're incorporating. People just don't understand the importance of eating right. Mm. Like they're like, what are you mm. doing now? We're like, you know, a lot of it, and, and part of it is genetics. Mm-hmm. Part of it is genetics. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I talk about you know all my siblings. We, you know, the Odges that people like to say. You know, we're um, <laughs> everybody always look at us like these athletes and everything else, but we, you know, and we're all like sort of have these shapes and these bodies, but at the same time, not all of us are you know shaped exactly the same. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that a lot of times people, I don't want people to get discouraged, sisters to get discouraged. You can definitely improve it and you can definitely even build upon it. 
but it's a science to this. Mm-hmm. It's not, you, you can't just, oh, you know, do a whole bunch of, like, you might see a little bit of improvement. Oh, I did some, you know, I did some, you know, some squats and, you know, I walked up an incline and I'm seeing a little bit of a lift in my butt, but you're not going to get the results that you're really looking for. If you really want the results that you're looking for, you're really going to have to break it down to a science. Like the hamstring Mm -hmm. is, is responsible for lifting up that glute, giving it that bam factor. So you have to train Mm -hmm. those hamstrings, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, things like that. You have to also the illusion. So creating a, a more defined leaner waistline gives the illusion of even a bigger butt. So it is a science, you know, some people, you know, might have the same size booty, but it looks completely different. Yep. You know what I mean? Because they're training, they're training completely different. Like a person with a leaner waist will, well, leaner waist who's doing more of the proper exercises when I have more, you know, that booty, that pal booty that you're looking for. Someone who doesn't train, Mm -hmm. who, you know, might have a larger waistline. It might not be as obvious and they have the same exact butts per se. So it's breaking it down to a science. So number one is working on your meals. You want to make sure that, you know, for people that are gaining weight and for people that are losing weight, your meals are different. It's going to be different. You're not, you're, right. you're going to be loading right. up completely different. So that's number one. And number two, you want to make sure that you're working on those exercises. See, I like to work on, on combo moves that work you know, various uh, muscle groups right. and everything else. But I think it's also important to, if you re- really want to focus on that area is to pick a group of exercises that just isolates and trains the, that particular muscle. That's good. That's good. I got all the tips. I'm, I'm ready. I be, I do be working the other muscles, but this we is, this is really, it. really helpful. And your app is very helpful oh, as well. Oh, thank you. You so like that we'll app? Yes. Minute. Go on the app, get the app, so we can, we can get in there in a minute. But an hour, I can hear in my, I can yes, hear, can. I have supersonic hearing, I can hear the sisters, I can mm-hmm. hear some of them stirring, mm-hmm. right, at the table, and some of them are sitting up there, right, and they're sitting at this table right now, and they're like, you know what, I was with y'all when you was talking about miracle apartheid, I was with y'all even when you was talking about the mortality rate, but now y'all try and tell me I got to get my fitness lives together, right, and they're thinking, you know, I don't have the time. Right. I'm I'm doing this, that I got two jobs. I'm a single mom or I'm married. Oh. Right. And I I got this husband and these kids, you know, like I don't have time, you know, to to get to the gym, to work out. Um, all I got to <laughs> do is stay black and die. And now uh, what do you got to say to that sister, to these sisters that are grumbling right now? Hey, okay, I'm Talk glad to you them, brought please. that up. We make time for the come things on. that we come want. On. Well, come on. It's a sermon. <laughs> Plain and simple, it is not desirable for a lot of women to work out. You know, some this is a, a, a foreign world. It requires you to sort of push your body past your yeah. comfort zone. People like to stay within mm-hmm. their comfort zone. It's not a happy Absolutely. place for some people. But when you're mm-hmm. able to find what you like and you're able to get the results that you want, it can become that. Like, I know that mentally for me, if I don't work out, it starts to mess with me mentally. I'm off. I am completely off. I feel like it's sort of almost contingent to your mental capacity sometimes when you're working out because it's a great, you you know, a great outlet. But what I have to say is that it's like, listen, people come at me, and I think that that's why I've been able to, um, 
connect with so many women because they're like, girl, she could do it. I got twins. I'm a single mom. You know, mm-hmm. listen, I'm running a business. You I'm, you know, you listen, we, there's tons of excuses that we can have. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. What's worse? You making that appointment to go to that gym, maybe once or even sometimes mm-hmm. once or twice a week, or you taking mm-hmm. the medication, you being on medication mm-hmm. for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. And that's what really happens. A lot of times I got to fix it as a trainer. This is why I'm so passionate to me because there are people that come to me that are now diabetic, that now, or, 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 you know, or, or have issues with hypertension that, you know, a lot of those issues. And especially if you have uh, a, a pat, like a family history medical conditions you need to be so proactive in this and sisters we gotta stop acting like we got so much time i don't understand mm-hmm. how it doesn't matter how many losses we take it doesn't how many times we get hit sometimes it takes us forever to get it we don't have that mm-hmm. time that you think that we have to be making these kind of That's mistakes true. these are life altering mm-hmm. changes because once you t- tap right. on your health some of those things that you do, you can't come back from. And if you're in a position of prevention, seize it. It can change your life. And this is the thing about it. It needs to be up there. Training needs to be up there with everything else. Staying healthy is your life. You can't do nothing. You can't function. You can't help your sister. You can't go out. You can't work. If you're not healthy, mm. you can't do it. Mm-hmm. And even if you do it, you can't do it to the best of your capacity. So I think it's about people really understanding what their, their priorities should be. I don't want to come into your life and tell you what it should be. But I'm telling you right now that it should have a strong level of importance in your life. It is contingent upon everything. Yeah. You can't function yeah. without good health. You can't. Mm. Like they're like, I got kids. Well, you can't help your kids if you sick. I know that yeah. people are, yeah. I know this, I had a client and her children have to help her, you know, help mm-hmm. her get up, help her get, you know, you know, as a result of some, you know, uh, effects from diabetes. Like she right. now needs to lean on her kids. And if you're mm-hmm. a parent, that's the last thing on earth you ever want for your kids. That, mm-hmm. And even if you're just mm-hmm. a responsible individual, even if you are just an independent, strong black woman, you don't want to have to lean on someone to do your daily routines. You don't ever want that kind mm-hmm. of life. And that's the kind of life you're going to start to sign up for if you don't start making better decisions for yourself. The time is now. Mm-hmm. It's not tomorrow. You know, you, every time it's tomorrow, then tomorrow something else happens. And then what ends up happening? We look back and like, oh, I wish. You should have, would have, could have. Mm-hmm. But the damage is already done. Let We need to understand mm-hmm. the gravity of our situations. Take heed to it and seize the moment and seize the opportunity. This is your time to change your life. And a lot of times it's contingent mm-hmm. upon some of our happiness. A lot of you guys don't even like to look at yourself in the mirror. But if there's mm-hmm. ability, you don't like how your body looks and there's a, a way for you to change it, why not change it? And see, the crazy thing about it is, is that I'm going to say this. And I'm going to keep this analogy real to our sisters because I feel like I need to speak in our language for real, for real. We'll drive an hour and a half, two hours to go get our hair done. We'll be mm-hmm. convenienced that way. 
We'll sit in a salon for several hours to go get our hair done the way that we want it so we can look better. But we won't make it 15 minutes to the gym, dedicate 30 minutes. But that, like, that has become our priority. You're right. You're right. It's having a good hairstyle, but yet we can barely okay. breathe walking up a flight of stairs. Well, well. That's where it's about our priorities. I could preach all day long, but if you don't feel like it's important, I can't make you think it's important. I could say all day, but your uncle has diabetes. Your mom has hypertension. You have issues with this. Yeah. There's lupus in your family. There's this and that. You mm -hmm. know, I, I could tell you all day, but a lot of times we, we got to learn the hard way, and I don't want that for us. We don't have yeah. to do that. Yeah. We don't have to be in those positions. We are the queen of our thrones. We are. We have the power. We are the end-all, be-all of our existence. Mm -hmm. We have the power to change what we are dealing with, what we are living in, where we are present at. We have the ability to change all that. And I think that we need to continue to empower and educate and enlighten them. Let these women know that they have the ability to be the best person that they can be while they are here. There's no reason. There's no excuse. There's only the excuse mm -hmm. that you're forming. There's only, you got to think about it. Is this comfortable for me? For anything mm -hmm. that you want badly, for anything, you want that body, you want to be healthy, you want to live a fruitful life, you're going to do everything, anything that you can to do that. And it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be hard. Take baby steps. But do something about it. Mm. Thank you, Anawa. Thank you for empowering our sisters. Y'all, y'all. I hope y'all listening because Anawa yep. ain't playing with us now. She done told us the time is now. Health is wealth, right? Because without it, we can't do nothing. You know. Um, and look, and, and here's I was gonna say, Kimmy, yeah. here's the thing. She's she's not saying this from the standpoint of, I just want you to go out there and be skinny. Uh -uh. I, no. I want you to go out there and and not be proud of um, your genetic makeup mm. and your body that reflects the African diaspora. That's not what she's saying at all. This is not body shaming. Yep. What she's saying is be a good steward over what mm -hmm. you have. That's mm -hmm. and, and I think that wherever we are, we're all going to look different when we do that. Like the yep. end products are going to be different. <laughs> we all have different narratives and different makeups. But being a good steward, I think that's a message that we can get on board with, even as we simul simultaneously reject body shaming. Yep. Yeah. We can do those things at the same time. Yeah. And that's a reflection, of course, of our creative God who created us all di with different bodies, different shapes, different skin tones, everything. You know, so the point is for us to steward um, the bodies we've been given because we got one right wow. now. Um, and so so thank you, Anawa. Thank you so much. Um, I'm wondering now, I want our sisters now now they done heard your sermon. OK, <laughs> I can't, I can't <laughs> about it. I'm so sorry. I can't help myself. No, we love it. This girl is what we do. Oh, this is what we do. Don't be sorry, man. No, don't give a star. I'm about to get on the organ in a minute. I was like, yes, go ahead, girl. <laughs> and so, so, but now that you've told them that the need, that the time is now, how can they begin? To, after they heard that, now now this sister that was grumbling, that was saying, I ain't got to do nothing but stay black and die. Now she's saying, you know what? Now I got to stay black and alive. Okay. So now, <laughs> now, now you done changed her mind. How can she do this? How can she follow your work? How can she begin to start this journey? How will you walk with her? Well, this is your time to talk to us. Yes. So I'm so glad that you said <laughs> that. Because I made sure mm -hmm. that I created several different platforms for everyone so it can can basically, I guess, be convenient for a lot of mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. I have, right now, I just really stopped. I'm 
not too long ago, my Curvy and Cut Fitness app, which is available yes. on iTunes or download. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, iTunes or Google or Google Play, and you can download it right mm-hmm. now, and you can yep. try it out, see how much you like and enjoy it. Everything we have modifications, and and so don't feel like in all my programs are created for all fitness levels because I have modifications provided for that. On top of that, I have workout DVDs. My first and all, that's what started everything else. I have three workout DVDs. Some people don't like to do the, you know, they, they, they like the DVDs. I have three workout mm-hmm. DVDs for each of the programs that I have. I have also created a nutritional regimen, uh, a, a meal plan in conjunction with the workout program. So I have workout DVDs. I have a fitness app. I have online challenges. So if you're like, you know what, Mm -hmm. let me just see, let me give myself a couple days. I want to challenge myself. Guess what? I have the challenge for you. I have a 21 day challenge Mm -hmm. that you can try out, which is an online platform. You can do these workouts on your phone everywhere or with the online app. You could actually just plug it into, some people have been able to plug it into their TV and do it there. So we have the online challenge. I have a 21 day, I have a 30 day for my mom. Mm -hmm. So many times people ask me, and I'm a mom, the second, the third, they've actually dealt with diastasis or they're just dealing with the core. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is a lot of times after having a child. I have my diastasis recovery program that I've created and mm-hmm. had a lot of success as one of my recent programs. And I told you that was years in the making. Um, and that's also an online platform. All of these programs are available on www.anawaaja.com. You can see my events calendar. If you're like, you know what? I want to meet her. I got some questions I need to ask her. You can look at my calendar for the next couple mm-hmm. of months and see where I will be and see where I'm at and see the way that you purchase a ticket or just even show up to where I'm at. So I have given everyone the ability to find a way to get their foot into the door towards a healthier lifestyle. You can go online, try our challenges. You can do our fitness app. You can do our DVDs, do our recovery program, or you can check me out at one of my group classes. It is all there. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Now, how do, how do our listeners follow you? Oh, yes. On the social media yes. streets. How do they follow you? I've kept it very simple. Everything on social media mm-hmm. is my name. So it is okay. Anawa Aja on Instagram. So it's A-N-O-W-A-A-D-J-A-H. On Facebook, it is Anawa, A-N-O-W-A. On Twitter, it is Anawa, again, Anawa Aja, A-N-O-W-A. Mm-hmm. A-N-O-W-A-A-D-J-A-H. You can Google and they will provide every single one of those channels, but it is my name. <laughs> my name. You can look it up. Even if you put in my first name, nine times out of ten, I'm going to pop up. It's a very unique name, so it's going to pop up. And you can find me there. And like I said, it's a, it's a different world. We have a very supportive group. We have our Lucy Gut Keep the Butt support group. Um, we have our yeah. communities. We have our online community. And now it's Bot Squad right on the Curvy and Cut Fitness app. So you don't feel alone while you're on the app. You can join, jump right in there. You can do your before and afters. And you can just jump into the discussion. So I have been able, through the assistance of so many wonderful people, been able to create a platform and a comfort zone for sisters, or women in general, you know, even some men jumping, they don't even care. They're like, look, now until you make a program for us, I'm going to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I got y'all. I'm going to work on that. But I have several different ways that you can get back the life. I mean, I wouldn't even say get back because some people is new to them, but just get towards your goal. Get closer towards yeah, your goal. Yeah. 
Wow. Well, you know what? Well, I just want to thank you, um, Anawa, for taking a seat at the table with us. Seriously, thank you so much for lending your gifts, your wisdom, and your tips. Thank you for your work. It's so important. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I think I said the website com, but I wasn't. Okay, yeah. I hope I said that. But thank you for having yeah, you did. And what we will do, we will also um, put all of, uh, so our sisters know we're going to put all of your uh, your website, social media handles, everything um, on our show notes. So they will have easy access to it. They can click it and they can follow and sign up. So all of that information will be there. Um, and of course, we want to thank our sisters also for taking a seat at the table with us. Let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about you okay, sis. And now I just fix our fitness life. Lives, okay, use the hashtag Truce Table. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Truce Table or email us your thoughts at asktruestable at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Y'all, Truce Table is now on Spotify. We are on the come up. Y'all been waiting for a long time. We are finally on Spotify. So go ahead and follow, subscribe, do all of the things on there. Um, Truce Table also has a Patreon account. So now you can send your love offerings to www.patreon.com backslash truestable or you can bless us on at our PayPal, which is www.paypal.me slash truestable. Truestable is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit Pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer for the show is Bo York. And we have been your hosts, Akemini, Michelle, and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truce Table. Bye, y'all.